up, guys? Welcome to Stand Firm with Ben. My name is Ben, obviously, and we're really excited because we got Dallin Peely in the house. How you doing, brother? Doing good. Happy to be here, brother. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I know it's a Friday. You could be doing anything else on a Friday, but thanks for, for showing up and, and having this conversation with me. Of course, man. It's it's a, it's an honor. What have you been up to, dude? How was your vacation? It was good, bro. Just been, uh, honestly, these past couple months, I've, I've um, just been trying to spend extra time with the family. Okay. Um, we just recently got back into town. The whole family went out um, on a little vacation for a week. And so just trying to get back into the swing of things and, okay. you know, just trying to catch up. That's good, bro. That's yeah. good. Actually, let's do this. Grab the... I'm going to make it closer. Just so you can be like in a good position. That's good, bro. That's good. Well, dude, let's jump into this thing. I'm really excited for you to be here and, and what we're going to talk about. Guys, as I told you guys before, this is all about entrepreneurship, what it takes to win, especially the mental game. And I wanted Dallin to come here and, and share his story because, I mean, dude, you've been able to build a, such a successful business at a really young age, which I think is really impressive. And uh, as I was saying before, you've been able to do things that most people do when they're like 35 or 40. So I really want to talk about that. But let's jump in how we met. We met what? It was like six months ago. I think closer to a year now. Like a year? Yeah. It's gonna be a happy so anniversary. I, th I think it was like I think it was like <laughs> I think it was like six months from the twenty U event. I think it, that was like around six months. Yeah. So whenever that was, so. Yeah, because we met through uh, Dusky. Dusky, right? Right. Because mm -hmm. he okay, he used to work with you, yep. and then I think he was posting something on social media yep. of our event. Yep. And then we followed each other. And it was yeah. funny because. I was going to the gym. Yeah, I ran into you. Yeah, I saw your big ass truck, which is beautiful. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was like, I know this guy. You just follow me. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. So that, that, that's cool how it works. But anyway, then you spoke at our event, which that was amazing. Your story and everything. I really respect that. And yeah, dude, let, 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 talk about your story. I mean, where are you from? So people can get to know yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my story is simple. Um, I am born and raised here in Utah. Utah. Actually here in Provo, Utah. Um I grew up here. I grew up with a. Um, I'm one of eight siblings, so I've. I've Are you a, the youngest? I'm the second to the youngest. Second to youngest. Yep. How old is your younger brother or sister? Twenty-two. 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 Yep. Okay. And so, I mean, ton of competition in the house growing up. It was brother. It, it, it all was, brothers, or you have a so six brothers, two sisters. Yeah. Would you guys like beat each other up like dude, when you guys were younger? Dude, yeah, competition was everything, bro. And That's so like, sick. you know, we all played sports. I have a, I come from a, a sports background, um, but dude, yeah, just grew up here in Utah in a house full of siblings. Um, it was mayhem, um, and then ended up. I I also grew up with um, a single mother, which you know I bring that up because that shaped a lot of. Um, who I am today and, and where I'm going. What about your dad? My parents got divorced. Okay. And so, you know, I, I still would contact my dad every now and then. Okay. Um, but he comes and goes, you know, but I'm, Do you I have mean, a good relationship with him at all? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a bad relationship with him. You know, it's, he's definitely, you know, he's not someone that I depend on. Like I depended on my mom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big mama's boy. Um, I think all of us were, and, um, you know, and like I said, I bring that up just because that's who shaped, you know, who I am today and who I am trying to become. Right. Um, so that's a little bit about my background. Um, went to high school um, over at Pleasant Grove 
and loved it there. Played football, basketball, rugby. Like I played everything. Um, ended up going on a, a, a mission. I served a mission for my church. Came back home, played football for two years at the University of Utah. Yeah. Um, loved it there. Uh, you know, the dream was cut short. And that's what got me to where I'm at now. So it was a detrimental experience that turned into the blessing. a huge blessing. Yeah. Super so you got into entrepreneurship. Tell people what you do, the businesses that you're running, yeah. the highlights of your story right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing too crazy. I feel like a lot of people are doing the same thing. Um, I own a financial consulting firm where we deal with um, entrepreneurs who are looking to start up and scale their online businesses. Um, so a lot of e-commerce stuff, a lot of fulfillment, um, a lot of warehousing. Um, but then I also have other businesses on the side where, you know, um, I rent out exotic cars. I rent out luxury cars. Um, and then my wife has a business as well. What's your, what's your, uh, the coolest car that you have for renting? So I saw you had a, you have a Rolls Royce, right? No, I, I wish that, that that's my dream. Oh, but it was in your story. I think it was like renting. Yeah. So, so one of my buddies. Oh, one of your buddies. That yeah. He rents out his cars as well. Yeah. He rents it out through my platform. Oh, so okay, I got you. He has a Rolls Royce. I, I made a promise with myself, actually, that so that's my dream car. I made a promise with myself that I wouldn't purchase a Rolls Royce until I built my dream home. Do you like the, the Cullinan? The Cullinan. Cullinan. That's, that's the big one. The big one, or you like the, the other No, one? the Cullinan. Yeah. Do you like that one? And so I'm a bigger guy, and so I prefer more comfortable cars. Yeah. Um. But again, like I was so close to pulling the trigger on one, like last year. Really? Um, but again, I, I had to stick to my word. I promised myself that after I purchased and after I built my dream home, that I would gift myself a gift. my dream a car, gift. a dream, my dream car. And so that motivates me to, you know, try to hurry up and build my dream home yeah. so that I could. Are you, are, are you building already or not? Not right now. Not we yet. just built one um, that we're going to be renting out here pretty soon. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think my favorite car, I'm a truck guy. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of cars. I have, you know, I have Lamborghinis and G-Wagons and stuff like that. But I think my favorite car is my truck. I, it's a, it looks badass. I drive a Raptor. I, I could hear when, <laughs> when it was coming. Yeah, so I drive a Shelby Raptor. There's. 250 of them in yeah. the world um ever since i was a little kid i always thought those were like the sweetest cars and when so, are you getting because you told me you put the down payment for the new one right yeah you did the gen 3 okay so i don't know when i'm gonna get that they keep pushing the date back i see people starting to get there so hopefully i'll be getting but with it, like the shelby baja raptor or the, the, the shelby baja raptor so mine is the gen 2 they just came out with the gen 3 are you buying it like through tuscany motors or no i'm buying it directly through ford oh really yeah okay because there's a dealership in, I think it's in Michigan, or I don't know, it's like Red Egg something, and mm. they have a bunch of Shelby Baharatas. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, so, it's probably easier to get. Yeah. Than getting so, so that's like my favorite car. Um, that's cool. That's a car. So like I said, I rent out all my cars. I yeah. rent out the exotics, the luxury. That's the car that I don't rent out. That's oh, like, you don't rent out the that, truck? That, that's okay, my that's your, your thing. Yep. Okay. So you have Omega Financial. Yeah, Omega Financial. Um, we have the, the rental car company. Yeah. And then my wife ha has a business that I help her with um, where we provide housing um, for clients with disabilities. So we provide, you know, the housing, the support, the the education, you know, trying to teach them, you know, 
social cues and social social awareness these are these are people with disabilities that are transitioning into adulthood so so those are the things that we're currently dabbling in right now um it's been a lot of fun and it's, it's definitely keeping us busy that's awesome brother and dude one of the things i wanted to talk about is because you have the cars you like fr fly private and like live the life that most people want and it's really trending right now in social media like oh jump into entrepreneurship be your own boss get this get that and a lot of people are jumping into this thing, especially young kids, but they don't really know what it takes, like the mental game. And that's something I really wanted to talk about because it's not all like sunshines and rainbows and butterflies nope. and like easy and like mm -hmm. make my be a millionaire in like six months and then you're good at like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really want to talk about like the behind the scenes and the stuff that most people don't talk about, which is the process. Okay. Um, and... Well, let's just jump in. What are those things that you've seen in your life that's been like the biggest struggle into entrepreneurship, jumping into entrepreneurship for Man, you? Um, first is balance. Balance? I don't think there is such thing. Okay, a lot of people talk about have yeah. balance right on your toes. No. I totally disagree. So well, do what's I. Your take so on do it? I. So okay. I don't think there's a such thing, nor would I ever want it. Um, when they talk about balance, have a balanced lifestyle, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. What's your definition of balance though? The way I look at balance, I look at it as like a scale, right? That you have to spend this, like in the same amount of time you put towards work. It should, you should equally spend the same amount of time spending towards family and equally spend your that social time life, your social, your spiritual, okay. you know, like I look at it as like a scale, right? And they should all be balanced. And like everything me, is equal. Yeah. Okay. And for me, I, I, I disagree with that. Okay, why? For me, I'm not going to spend the same amount of time on something that I prioritize versus something that I don't prioritize. Yeah. Like for me, my my goal, my my 100-year plan is for my family, right? Like starting, becoming an entrepreneur, the reason why I wanted to become an entrepreneur is so that I could start to buy back my time so that I can spend my time with the people that I love the most. Right. And, um, I've learned, you know, I think as how I grew up, right. Like I grew up with a single mother. I grew up in housing, right. In government housing where they were helping us pay our rent. Like that's how I grew Did up. Did you actually? Yeah. That's crazy. That's how I grew up. And, um, for me, I had, because I grew up in that, seen and, and with that type of background, I never had a good relationship with money, right? What I mean by that is when I made money, I was scared to lose it, right? And again, that's just, that's just how I was raised. I think that's the old school, the old school mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, so as I got older, my, everything that I did was, okay, how can I make, how, how can I go out and make a lot of money and keep it? Right, that that was the only objective that so I had. So it came in my from head. a sense of lack. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good way. That's a good way to put it, right? Because dude, I I believe that in a hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 it was something that I never had and that I always wanted. Yeah. And so to me, that was that that was the goal. That 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 was the objective. That's what I thought all wealthy, successful, happy people were doing. As I got more heavily involved with entrepreneurship, as I became a little bit older and. Some would say a little bit more wiser. Not really, though. Um, I started to realize that money or things that are monetary aren't the most precious commodity that one could obtain. I learned that it was time, right? Because you could spend when a did dollar. did you learn that, though? When I had my own family, okay. right? Because everything that I did 
what so everything that I'm doing now is so that I can go home as early as I can and go spend time with my two sons, my wife, my siblings, my my family like that that's that's the goal right there. Right? And and again, as I, how I grew up, I thought the goal was it was all monetary things. It was all materialistic things, the private, the 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 nice cars, right? Like that's yeah. what I thought was it. But then I started getting those things, and it was like, okay, that's not as cool as I thought it was. You're like the same dude. like a dude. Yeah, dude. And, like, I mean, for example, everyone's goal, I feel like, being young is to make six figures, to break that six-figure mark, right? Like, when I did – so I used to do sales. I used to do door-to-door sales. And being, door-to- being in the door-to-door industry, there's, like, the few – they call it heavy hitters, right? Like, the guys that are the best at what they do. Yeah. And when we, when we would see those – heavy hitters it was like hey that guy made six that guy made six figures last year and i'd be like dang that's what i want to be right but then i made six figures and i was like okay well this isn't as cool as i thought it would be right like i thought i thought making six figures was going to be everything even with a million right like i thought making a million dollars was like okay i'm time like it's time to retire that's not it man where i realize is it's the fulfillment that comes with it where you actually find happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the fulfillment for me was not going on these lavish trips and buying all these luxury things, but doing those Which things. Which is cool, though. No, like, it is. And, and, and I still I love that. Cool. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I still love that stuff. Yeah. But doing those things with the people that I love, even better. Yeah. And that's where I found, that's where like I kind of found my purpose. And that's where I still go to when I need more fulfillment. Does that make sense? Yeah. And... Do you think, because, I mean, a lot of stuff that you post in social media, I, I can relate a lot, like, especially with, like, family stuff, and, and I mean, what you just went through a couple months, and I, I, I was not planning to talk about this, but if you're cool, yeah. like, if we can talk yeah. about, like, your family, your yeah. mom, and everything, because yeah. for me, that's a, my, like, my personal thing, like, it's the person I love the most, yeah. so it's a lot of things that fuel me in life come from the relationship I have with her and a lot of people think of like the urgency and everything and he's like I want to win for her because she doesn't have time like she has had cancer my little brother has tumors all over his body and he could die like tomorrow yeah so he's like it's not like that I'm just love working and everything which is cool I do but it's because I want to spend more time with I want to win for them mm-hmm. you know so I really want to talk about like your your fuel with with your mom if if that makes sense I mean you had a, a great relationship with her I, if he was like the only person in the race when you were a kid. Yeah. So how, how, how was that like the relationship with your mom and how that affected your business, your personal life and everything that came with it? Oh, man. Yeah. So my mom, dude. So um, she was everything. She was everything to me. Yeah. Um, she was the reason why, you know, I became an entrepreneur. She was the reason why I was an athlete. She was the reason why, you know, my good traits as a husband and as a father came from her. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, she was everything to me. Like, I, I feel like I was lucky as a human to have someone like her in my life where she wore all the different hats. She was a doctor. She was a nurse. She was a financial advisor. She was a CPA. She was a coach. She was a trainer. She, she, she was everything to me. Right. Like any question. So with a little background of my mom and I, I've never talked about this before. So um, a little background of my mom. She had her first kid when she was 15 years old. Really? My, my oldest brother. Okay. Um, because of that, 
strong LDS. She comes from a strong LDS family. Okay. Because of that, she was pretty much, she was pretty much, her parents disowned her. Like a, at, a lot at, of judgment at, and at stuff. At 15 years old. Yeah. So my mom was forced to become resourceful, right? Where she was manipulating applications for jobs just so, so that she could get a job, right? I mean, she she was able to, you know, we, we were living off of food stamps and, and WIC programs and freaking ha- government housing where she was paying like $18 a month for rent, but she figured out how to do all that stuff on her own. And I was just talking to my brothers about this the other day, and I was so oblivious as a kid because everything that my mom went through as a kid, I thought I was, I thought I came from a rich family because it didn't matter. Really? Yes. Like I didn't even know we were on government housing until I came home. I was maybe 21, 22. I never knew that. You know what I'm saying? Like everything. And the reason why I thought we were rich was because anything like, dude, we had this tradition Every Monday, we would go out to a movie. It wasn't Tuesday for $5 Tuesdays. We would just go as a, a big family, which think about it. That's nine people yeah, every that's Monday. That's a, a, it, it's pricey. But we would go every Monday. Every Saturday, we would go to the mall. And we, 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 we were all me and my siblings were able to get pick one thing. And now that I'm older, I look back at it. I'm like, how the hell did my mom make that work? And I bring that up because that has helped me transition into the different phases of my life. Because what that taught me was that you, as they say, if if there's a a will, there's a way. Yeah. Right. For me, it taught me to commit first and figure out the rest later. Bro, when you said that the first time I met you or something like that has stuck in my head for so, so long. No, seriously. And, And there's a lot of negative connotation when it comes to those types of those types of phrases yeah. but for me it's gotten me to the point it's gotten me to the point where i'm at now but i learned that from the examples that my mom had taught us you know what i'm saying like do you think when you were young like did you see that though like did you appreciate or now that you're older no you're like, i did not i didn't appreciate that at all yeah. bro like i just thought every every kid in america had that i thought everyone had that luxury yeah you know what i'm saying but now that i'm older and i have my own family i'm like dude I mean, I make extreme, like, oh, I couldn't even tell you how much more money I make than what my mom was making. And even now when I go to pay for things for my two kids, I'm like, how the hell did my mom do that? You know what I'm saying? Um, and so when, when we're talking about my mom, dude, like, she was literally everything. She was your that, why. She, oh, she was, she was my why. She was yeah. everything that I hoped to become. Like, I I think that I'm pretty lucky that, you know, I had a mother and a father in one person. That's awesome. And as a kid, dude, there were some things like with sports, for example, when I was getting recruited to play football at these different colleges, um, you go on these recruiting trips, right? <clears throat> and these recruiting trips, they consist of you go and meet the coaches, There are other recruits there with their parents. And you basically, you know, you're trying to sell yourself to the coaches on why you should be recruited. You're like flirting with the coach. No, seriously, pretty <laughs> much. Well, like you, when you go to give them a handshake, you're shaking them even harder, <laughs> showing them your grip. When they go to tap you on the back, you kind of flex your back. Like that's what you're doing at these recruiting trips, bro. And one thing about 
when I was a kid and, and this is like, for me, I, I feel like looking back at it, I'm like, I, I was kind of a piece of shit, dude, because I was embarrassed to go to these recruiting trips because all these other athletes, they were there with their dads. It's like a father and the son type of activity. Yeah. And I was there with my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there were times, bro, where I would ask my mom, that's why I say, like, I feel like I'm such a piece of shit, dude, or I used to be, is I would ask my mom, like, can one of my brothers come with me, pretend to be my dad? And my mom would still come. Yeah. And so little things like that, I didn't appreciate at the time. You know what I'm saying? And that not only has my mom become my why, but instances like that have taught me to appreciate things that, sometimes go unappreciated by most people dude that's that's powerful bro yeah like and, and again i think that's why my purpose and, and my objective in life became time right because in reality you don't realize the time you have like you don't have time yeah and and like they always talk about this now but like um i remember my brother he was talking about uh my oldest brother he was talking about, so after everything happened with my mom, um, we were we were going through her room, and my brother happened to pick up a letter, and it was a letter that my mom wrote to her dad when he passed, or or not when he passed. It was like the year that he passed. So my grandpa died when he was seventy five, and so for my grandpa's seventy fifth birthday, my mom wrote this letter, you know, just. I don't even know what it said. But for my my brothers and I, we all agree that man, life's kind of unfair. You know, because my I, we didn't get the chance to write a a, a, a letter yeah. on my mom's 75th birthday. Right? Like she she passed away when she was 52. Young. Young. It and was with a cancer. Yep. She cancer. passed away from stage 4 breast cancer. And and so yeah. things like that, right? Where it's like Something as little as writing a happy birthday letter. Those are things that go, can can look, be looked at as, like you can you can be unappreciative of a birthday letter, but the meaning of the birthday letter, the fact that we don't get to write my mom a seventy five year old birthday letter, it's a big thing once you don't have it. You know what I'm saying? And so. And and I don't mean to get all like sad and shit like that, but like, I think that's like mentally it helps transition into figuring out your why. And this is why I say that because, because I feel like the, the biggest difference between the 99, like everyone talks about the 1%, right? The 1% of the world, the one, like the 1% of athletes, the 1% of entrepreneurs, right? of celebrities i'm talking about a-list celebrities everyone wants to be a part of the one percent but no the one people that actually make a huge difference right. and they're freaking remembered an right? impact yeah. right no one knows the difference between the one percent and the nine ninety nine percent or i don't even think people even care to know the difference but i've studied it the difference between the 99 percent and the one percent this is the reason why i'm talking about my mom the way i am is because i think the one percent because everyone has hard days doesn't matter if you're the best at what you do. doesn't matter if you're a part of the 1%, the 2%, whatever. You're going to get something. You're going to wake up yeah. on the wrong side of the bed every now and then. What separates the 1% versus the 99% is when shit gets tough, the 1%, they resort back to their purpose, their reason, and their why. 
The 99%, they resort back to their emotions. They're how I feel. They wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And, I don't feel like going to the gym today. They wake up and they get in an argument with their with their their spouse or their partner, and I don't feel like going to work. I, I'm going to call off. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the difference, and that's why I believe mentally, it's so important to have clarity in your reason and your purpose and your why and your objectives. I love what you're talking about, bro. Because I think this thing is huge. Because I feel like at the end of the day. Because, dude, most people that I know that I look up to and stuff and a lot of my friends that are, like, really successful entrepreneurs, the only thing that they have in common is that they just do it. Whoever does it the longest that don't quit. Like, that's all it is. Like, that's literally it. That's all it is. They're not smart dudes. Like, no. they're, like, drop out of college. Most of them, like, drop out of high school yeah. and stuff. But they just keep moving forward. Yeah. And there's something that drives them. There's something that fuels them. And there's a bunch of stuff like it doesn't have to be like one thing, you know, I have like a lot of negative energy and a lot of positive energy that I turn that into fuel. Yeah. But I think what we're talking about, even though it's like something so simple and basic, like I think is the key. But mm-hmm. it's just because most people, they they want a secret or the secret from like, bro, it, there's not there's not. Yeah. Like it's literally it's literally basic stuff of what we're talking about right now. No, 100%. And, when did you okay because you were saying when you were younger you were not appreciating the the example that you had and i can totally relate because i feel the same way with my mom but when do you was like i'm pretty sure it was a process but when did you like start changing and you were like you know what dude i want to win for her when did your mom became your why and you started like working harder or like getting your crap figured out when did that happen i think, some events like what, what, what yeah happened? yeah yeah so i think it was when i got when I got cut from the football team. Okay. That's when I was a little bit older. I was playing at the University of Utah. Were you 20? I was, I was... How old were you? 21. 21? Okay. And I was playing football at the University of Utah. That's when I just returned home from um, the mission that I was serving for my church. And um, I was a little bit more mature. And um, one thing about my mom, dude, is it didn't matter what I called her for. She'd always pick up. Always. It didn't matter if she was in the middle of a meeting. Like, I remember walking into uh, my mom's office when she was uh, working at a school. She was a superintendent at a school. And uh, I walk in, and all the ladies that worked there, the board, they were all there. And I walked in to go visit my mom at work, and they said, hey, that's you're the kid that your mom walked out of our board meeting for to answer the phone. Yeah. And I think I had called her for, like, if I can go hang out with my friends. <laughs> the stupidest thing. But my mom always answered. and uh, That's crazy. Um, and when she answered, it didn't matter if it was a good thing or a bad thing. My mom always told me at the end of the phone call how proud she was of me. That's something that I never heard from my dad. So hearing it from her was like the best feeling ever. And I had remembered when I, so I was playing, I was playing football at the University of Utah. I had a couple injuries and um, we were getting ready to be dismissed for, for it was, it was fall break. We were going to be dismissed for a week or so, and then we were supposed to return back for fall camp. And uh, before you um, leave for fall break, you have one-on-one interviews with your position coach. And I remember my name was called. I sat in the, the office with my linebacker's coach. That's what I played in college. And um, I remember sitting there, and he basically told me, um, going into fall camp, were allotted this many slots um, for for players 
we, we have to cap it out at a certain amount. Yeah. Because right after fall camp is when the season <clears> starts. <throat> mm-hmm. He said, unfortunately, there isn't a slot open for you this year. However, you're the first on the reserve list. So if somebody, if somebody gets hurt or if somebody isn't eligible for grades, you're the person we're going to call. And I feel like that was a nice way of saying, like, you've been cut. Like, you're not good enough. Yeah. And, uh, that's um, hard, yeah. Oh, dude, it's like everything that I it's did. It's like a slab in the face. Dude, everything I did, like, I couldn't conceive anything else in my life other than playing football. Everything I did, everything I listened to. It's like your whole purpose was taken away from everything, you. Everything. Everything yeah. I ate, that's all I knew. Everything I did was geared towards football. And in literally a snap of a finger, it was taken away. So at the lowest point of my life, I call my mom and I basically tell her what my coach just said. And she said, I'm proud of you that he's going to call you. That's just how my mom was. She had the the ability to look adversity in its face and smile and handle it. Smile. Make make it make anybody feel like it's going to be OK. Dude, that's such a powerful skill to have. Bro. Dude. That's it, awesome. And again, it was something that I didn't appreciate until that point. Right. And she literally told me. And so, you know, I don't for me, it's God, depending on whatever, whatever, whatever other people believe in. For me, it's God. And my mom did a very good job at raising us to know that each and every one of us in the eyes of God is special and that we were given unique abilities to impact other people. That's how we were raised. Right. And so for me growing up my whole life, I thought my abilities were athletics. I thought my from my athletic abilities, I was going to be able to change the world. I was going to be able to impact others. And I was going to be able to financially provide for my family. Yeah. And when that had happened, when I got cut, um, my mom just reminded me of that. That she, she, she told me to, I have to self-assess myself and reevaluate myself and figure out, okay, if that's not the abilities that I was blessed with, I need to refocus and identify what the abilities were. And that's why I say... Something so detrimental became the biggest blessing because it had allowed me to dream for a second time, but this time for myself, right? Because now looking back at it from my dad and my brothers, I feel like playing football in the NFL, I feel like that was a dream that was just adopted by somebody else, right? Because once I really did, I was able to take a step back and identify what it is that I was truly passionate about, it wasn't athletics, it was helping people. And that's why I got into entrepreneurship. And again, I, I, I credit it all to my mom. Dude, I, there's so much value in the story that you're talking about because I truly believe that when you have like one person that truly believes in you, bro, and wants to help you out, and sometimes it's a close relative like your parents or your brother or your mom in this case, like there is so much power on that, on, on just that. That somebody's like, hey, dude, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I believe in you. Like, dude, it means the world. Like, when I think about my life, like, I don't know if I've told you, but like, I almost committed suicide in 2017. And and in my case, it was God because he made me feel that, that he believed in me. And now for my 23 years, it's been my mom. Because yeah. every time I talk to her, she's like, hey, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And my drive is like, I want to win for her. I don't even want to win for myself. I want to win for yeah. her. Yeah. So how was that for you, dude? Because I'm pretty sure at some point you were like, mom. I got you now. Everything that you did for me now is pay like yeah. has paid off. How, how yeah. was that feeling? Because I think that's oh. like literally the biggest flex that you can have. It was huge, dude. Like that was like for me the, the 
I have a huge bucket list of things I want to do in my life. And one of them was to to gift my mom her dream car. And I was able to do that. Is that the one you have on the Instagram, like the pinned on the, your... Yeah. Okay, the, the Mercedes? Yeah, the Mercedes, okay. yeah. That was her dream car, dude. And, like, you know, the feeling is good because it, it is true what, you, what you're saying that the people I wanted to win for was everyone besides myself. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, it was a... It's a good feeling, but it's something that, again... You don't really attack aggressively until you've aligned what your 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 goals and your reasons and your why and your purposes. Yeah. You until you have a good foundation right. with those things. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But again, like you said, that was my driving factor. That's that everything that I did was for her. I wanted to give her the world plus one more. Like that 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 was everything. When was your mom diagnosed with cancer? So she was diagnosed with cancer in 2000 and I want to I want to say 2014. And then she beat it. Really? Yeah, she beat it in 2017. How old were you in 2014? 15? 2000 and You're like uh, I'm not good with math. My <laughs> 2015, I was 17 years old. 17, okay. I was, she beat it and then when he can when did it come back again? In 2018. Yeah. Yeah. When it came back, they basically found a tumor that they had missed. Oh, and um I remember I was in California at the time and um I flew like I, I, I we we drove to California and I, I I got the news while I was in California. Were you by yourself or No, I was with my wife. Yeah. And we like flew back, dude. Like it was we drove that drive so fast. Um and she was given a week a, a year really to live. And then five years later, she passed. And so she was, a, like, I, like I keep saying, dude, she was a woman that defied all odds. Bro, you know what? I'm going to go off on this thing because it pisses me off. Like, I see all these young kids that they're just messing around, hanging out with their friends. They're just the most fulfilling thing going on in their lives is going to school and their girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. I'm like, bro, freaking, you, they got to realize that you don't have time, bro. Like, yeah. there's so many people that have done so much for them in their lives that you cannot afford just wasting time. Yeah. For me, and this is why I'm just so passionate about the word urgency because I truly mean that. Because like it's an insult to the people that truly believe in you, the people that have done stuff, sacrifices for you to win, yeah. and most people are just messing around. That's true. Like people don't get it. Yeah. Like bro, I've had like three near um, uh, close deaths. How do you say death experiences? Like yeah. do, like close calls. Yeah. Like in the past few months, what I realized that bro, like that could have been it. Yeah. Like I, I love what you're saying, bro, because it's, it's so much value. I know it sounds like simple. But it, that's literally what it is. It's like the basic stuff. Yeah. The, the the concept of time that is so freaking precious. It is. Yeah. Like your family, your kids are never gonna be. What? How old are they right now? I have a one year old and a, I have a one who's six months. Like one and six, they're never gonna be one and six again. Yeah. So it's like there's also urgency to like take advantage no. of who they are and enjoy that time. It is. It's so precious, dude. It, I don't know. Bro. I it think, pisses uh, me off with young kids because they're just messing around, bro. You know it is. And and there's this there's this quote that I loved, and I had read it when I was just beginning like my entrepreneurship journey, and it was by Hippocrates, and he said, uh, "Art is long, life is short." Yeah. And um, to me, the way and I probably misinterpreted it, but the way that I interpret it is that the art of living is is long. 
what that means is skillfulness, becoming a master at something, an expert at something. It's meant to take time. Yeah. That's why they say patience is a virtue. The problem is, is like the second part of the quote is life is short. So for me, everything that I was trying to do was trying to figure out how can I condense that time? Right. That's how I interpreted like aggressive patience. Kind that of thing. quote. Right. Well, dude, if you ask anybody who really knows me, they'll tell you I'm the most impatient person. Oh, same. I agree. And and for me, they say time is a virtue or something like that. I'm not here to take time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a hundred year plan and I'm, I'm attacking it aggressively, but it's because I know who's counting on me and who I'm doing it for. Quick story. So I have two dogs. They're like alpha dogs. They're like they're like a pit bull and a. I have a Rottweiler, a, Rottweiler and, yeah. and and an American Akita. American Akita. Yeah, and is for, that the Akita is the Brazilian dog, right? No, Japanese. Japanese. Oh. So I mean, these two dogs are big, aggressive. Try to they try to be, they try to dominate. He's like you, but like a dog. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> is. It, it really is. <laughs> and for the longest time, I couldn't get them to get along. Yeah. They they would like fight each other until one of them like would be close to dying. And for me, it was a matter of, do I get rid of one or do I try to fix the problem? Did you get them when they were like puppies and stuff? Yeah. So, um, I had, and this was a recent experience. I had a trainer come over to my house, a professional dog and horse trainer. She came over, she, she, I had asked her to come over to my house to assess my dogs, see if there was something wrong with them. Um, while she was going through the assessment, I asked them. This was probably a stupid question, but I was I asked her, which which one would win in a fight? And she told me, she said, it depends what they're fighting for. I said, what do you mean? Bro, that's good. I, I was like, what do you mean? I said, if they're if it's a dog fight, they're just going at it, that dog will probably win. But if if the if the fight is to protect, I gotta write that down. Right? If the fight is the is to protect the people that it loves then that dog's going to win. And I said, why do you say that? And she said that that dog will literally lay down his life for the people that it loves. And so I, I correlate that to life in general, right? And especially in when it comes to entrepreneurship. That, that's, right? that's a good that story. Bro. Your why is that important? Yeah. If you're, let's use business and entrepreneurship as an example. If you're building businesses and and, be, and you your goal as an entrepreneur is to make money, you may get it, you may be successful, but you you put that person against me, where my goal is to help people, to serve people, to love people, to care for them, to provide for my mom, my wife, I'll run circles around that other person. I agree. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the reason why is because the people that I'm fighting for like I'll literally lay down my life for him. And so I think that was an interesting comment that this trainer, this dog trainer had said and unknowingly she had taught me a huge lesson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why I believe having a why a, a with a massive emotional attachment attached to it is important. Yeah. And money isn't a massive emotional attachment. Dude, that's some powerful truths that you're talking about right now, kids. And, and, and I want to talk about it in the next one. 
because I, I truly believe you have both. I mean, as an entrepreneur, like everything you're doing, it's like a freaking roller coaster. You go through so many things that you need like different wives in like your mom, your family, your like your daughter, your children, your wife, the people that don't believe in you. Like you can use positive energy, which is like stuff like this and also the negative energy. For me, my case, I'm fueled by both. Sometimes I perform way better when it's from negative energy because I can turn that into fuel. Mm -hmm. And like, I just love cutting people's throats with results. It's just like, it's the most fulfilling thing yeah. in the world. Most people don't talk about it because <laughs> you sound like bad or like yeah. mean, but it's just the reality. Yeah. Have you been able to use that? Like the negative energy? Like people talk crap about so, you, like freaking yeah. go off on you, all this stuff. So when I started, yes. When I started as an entrepreneur, it was like, and again, it, it, I wish it wasn't at first, but because of the competitive nature, and, and I think I still am guilty of it at times. But I think it's a good thing. I don't know. I, I love it. It is. But for me, just where I am at in my life right now and everything that's happened recently, I feel like whether it's negative or positive, right? I could have people that are praising me, telling me like, dude, you're awesome. You're killing it. Like coach me, blah, blah, blah. Or I could have people talking crap, right? Like, and just, just to brief preface, I've never met a fake account, okay? Because it's usually those fake accounts that are the trolls in your comments, <laughs> okay? Because, again, even if they saw me in person, those fake accounts don't talk. They don't yeah. say anything in person, Yeah. okay? So, but what I what I started looking, because, again, when I first started, it because of the competitive nature that I had, the negative energy was my fuel. What was the main thing? I mean, not the main thing, but, like, one of the things that fueled you, like, the negative stuff. People that didn't believe in me. It's like close people, family, friends, just make fun of you. Oh, dude, it was always the close friends and the family. Dude, I got totally shit on for buying a Lamborghini. Really? Bro, You, I wish I could have. I, I didn't do it, but I wish I would have posted my DMs that I got the week that I purchased a but Lamborghini. But dude, I, is it like the same thing that I was DMing you about the other day that most people are like, oh, you got to be humble and all this stuff? Yeah, but also, so I come from a Polynesian background. And that's just not like Polynesians to do, which is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, but culturally, it's not sound. It's it, it, that's not what that's not what we do. Like posting about it or, or buying stuff like buying that. Buying stuff like that. Oh, okay. Like Polynesians don't like that. So they were like, "What? Like, who do you think you are, bro? Like, you're you wasting you're your money. Than... You you should be spending that money to take care of your family." Like, dude, I got I got so much crap from it, and that was my that was my fuel. And so the next week I went and bought another exotic car and like I was, but this is why I had to change it because for me, what I was doing is the results that I was pushing in their face weren't things that are important. Material stuff. Material stuff. Okay. I was buying Rolexes and iced out watches and stuff like just to show people these haters that like it doesn't matter what you say, I'm still gonna keep I'm still gonna keep winning. That was but my mentality. Dude, I, but I think that's so freaking inspiring. I love it. No, when it I, is. When I DM and I'm like, bro, keep flexing because <laughs> I think it's the most inspiring it thing is. ever. But for me, like now, where you know I've done all that. I've, but I mean, not just materially. I think like in everything in life, yeah, like yeah, spiritually, yeah. family. Like I, I love to see. <laughs> so, I think it's so cool. And and I think because I've done all the flexing, I've done all the buying crazy things and the material things. I think the point that I'm at now is I feel like with people who who give me the the positive comments, the positive energy, the, the the praising, like for me, it's like, thank you, like that means a lot. I appreciate it. And then the negative comment is like, okay, that's just. Like, I mean, 
what do you think about this? Because I feel like you're at a point that you're like more separated from those people, so you don't get a lot. That, you're more the, easy to control. That, that's that's what I'm saying. But when you're starting, you get freaking from oh, anybody because yeah. oh, yeah. you're there with the crowd. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, so I think for most people, like you gotta, I it's a good thing. Most people don't talk about it. It but is a good fuel thing. Fuel is fuel. It is either negative or yeah. positive. You can turn it into fuel. Yeah, and and starting out, even for me too, you need fuel. Like starting out, like I feel like this is the hardest one. Yeah. You know, it is, it is for sure. But what I'm, my point in saying that is I feel like once you get to a certain point or things start happening to the people that you love, you start looking at positive comments as like, they're just, I'm there to fill a void that they need to be filled. Yeah. And for the negative comments, it was like, okay, like, cool. But if you get enough negative comments and like, maybe you should reevaluate yourself and like, you might be a piece of shit, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like one or two is like, okay, yeah. whatever. You're a hater. I mean, I'm not saying that you gotta like be bitter about these people, yeah, but yeah. like, if you ask me, bro, like I'm an aggressive competitive. Dude. I, I don't forget anything. Yeah. I do forgive people, way. but bro, if you say any little comment to me, like all my ex-girlfriends that cheat on me or like stuff like, <laughs> I don't, I don't forget anything. Yeah. I have a list of every single person not the that list. I swear that I said <laughs> something in my face that made me feel less with no value all this stuff because i'm like bro i want to win and mm -hmm. i know that in, in my case bro i moved here two years ago and i've been able to do things that most people don't even do in a yeah, lifetime you know and i'm just true. getting started you know true. so he's like i'm pushing through a lot of opposition so he's like i need positive which is my my god my purpose my mom my brother the people i want to help yeah. but also because i get a lot of opposition from young kids or like people Like, I'm going to add you to my list and you're going to freaking regret it. Like, <laughs> right. honestly, bro, yeah. you're going to freaking regret it because mm -hmm. I'm not going to forget anything. Yeah. Like every single girl, every single person that made me feel less about myself, bro, that looked at me in a way, whatever, you're going to regret it. And I'm not going to go like be in your face or be bitter about it. I'm going to show you yeah. that one day and it already, it's already happening. But one day you're going to see me and be like, crap, yeah. I wish I would have been nicer to that dude. Yeah. I wish I would have been so, so mean to that dude. And I'm not going to have to say anything. Yeah. But I'm going to show it, shove it into your friggin' face and throw it. Yeah. And that's how I do it. Because it's like, I mean, that's how I deal with negativity stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's because I'm young. <laughs> no, I like that. At no, your seriously. age, you're going to get like more wise and more chill. Yeah. But honestly, I'm that's the way I am. Yeah. And it, I feel like it has taken me really far in life yeah and for some people are like yeah i have a band that's i'm like screw you bro like you're gonna people are gonna talk crap like your whole life to regardless, you regardless yeah. regardless so you gotta learn how to deal with yep. it you know either you get sad or oh, poor me. Yeah. i'm like okay but i'll prove you yeah you're gonna regret it yeah yeah yeah. i have like i mean i can tell you i don't want to like talk about it he's already got <laughs> in problems with uh, somebody that heard about this stuff because i was talking about them but And I had a lot of people, bro, that they were like making fun of me when I started, like, oh, dude, like, it's your selling risk, blah, blah, blah. And now they ask me for free stuff, or yep. like, they see me like speaking in like the, all these like stages. Like, I spoke in front of like 1,500 people like two weeks ago. And I'm like, bro, like, people don't say anything right now. Yeah. Like, in the beginning, they were just like, oh, who do you think you are? Like, that's, all this stuff, like, okay, bro. Yeah. Bet against me. You're going to freaking regret it, yeah. bro. And, 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 dude, I, I think that's a great mentality to have. I have that mentality as well. But I, what you said is true, where, When you're just getting started, you need that. that dude. That's when that's when people like when you start to rise up above everybody. Like that, they're trying to that, pull you exactly, down, bro. Exactly. But once you get to a certain height, they're they're just like like okay, they they start to give credit. I mean, the thing is, once the result starts showing up, they're exactly. like, oh crap, I can't. He's actually he was right. He was right. Yeah. And even though they can still be envious about it or like jealous, yeah. but like you're you're undeniable. 
Yeah. You become undeniable that the only thing they have to do is she's like, okay, but you were right. The the thing about it that at least helped me with all that, because I, I still get a lot of that till this day. One, but from who? Like social media? Social media. Social media. That's the main thing, thing yeah. that comes out? Okay. No one's ever said anything negative to me in, in my face. They don't have the balls, bro. Most people, that's why they do it through like, social media. That's what I'm saying. Like, these fake accounts, these trolls that they, like, I've never met met a fake account before. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, what the one thing that had helped me was one, like, no one's ever said anything like that to me in person. Number two is the it's it's the big dogs it's it's the heavy hitters the big players they don't care about what you're saying they don't even care about what i'm saying they don't care about what i'm doing like they got way bigger things to be worrying about they actually some some of them they actually want to help you win exactly yeah. and so like if i'm aspiring and modeling to be like those big players like for me then i need to disassociate myself with the noise yeah right and so even though again i think as humans the negative comments will always affect us yeah but again like i mean there's so many people on twitter right now talking crap about elon musk and the things that he's making like the changes that he's making he's like worth billions and billions but of dollars elon isn't listening to nobody yeah you know what i'm saying like they're talking about twitter versus instagram threads both of those guys aren't listening to everybody's two cents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why that's what I'm saying is well, I think and I'm not even at their level, so like not even close. But you like you'll get there, I feel bro. like once I hope so. But once <laughs> you get to a certain level, I feel like positive comments is like, okay, I'm filling a void for them that they need to be filled. Yeah. Negative comments is like, okay, whatever. It's like even like their reflection upon you, like, exactly. like what they think of themselves. Because really the hate that you're gonna get, the negative energy that you're gonna get, it's always coming from underneath you do you think a lot of people don't even start the journey of entrepreneurship or jumping a business or just like becoming an athlete or whatever because of that the negative stuff that they face 100 percent. do you think that's a hundred percent i think it's i think it's scary not 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 because of the risk that you're taking but because of the people that you're gonna because most people don't believe in themselves they don't they're not gonna chase right. their dreams they're just like they go in the systems right. be like everybody else be yeah average, yeah, yeah and so don't it's stand like, out be there you know exactly people don't want to stand out people don't want to like, people don't want to disassociate themselves with their crowd. Yeah. And to be a part of the 1% or to be even an entrepreneur, you, dude, I think the weirdest people in this world are entrepreneurs. Yeah. 100%. And I feel like they are the ones that actually struggle the most. 100%. Yeah. But like, dude, I remember when I first started like becoming, wanting to be an entrepreneur, I would go to like all my family events and I would talk to them about my ideas and my plans and they would just laugh. They would, they would make fun of me. They're like, dude, what are you thinking? Go and get a job. Right. Your entrepreneurs are weird. Okay, but why you didn't do it? Like what, why you didn't follow that path? Cause statistically you're like, you're the exception because even we, with the culture, wise. because when I got in the room with entrepreneurs and a, room full of weirdos i felt normal you feel like you're not the only one <laughs> exactly because <laughs> that's a because i, I feel like entrepreneurs they they feel and i feel like the reason why they're weird is because one they feel like they're an exception yeah to society yeah right society says go to school society says go get a nine to five society says get a corporate job and wear a suit and tie to work like and there's nothing wrong with that stuff right it's just not for me 
And and so I, that's why I think entrepreneurs are weird because they feel like they could push back against the grain. They don't have to do what society expects. Um, and number two, one thing about entrepreneurs that are successful, okay, that's the key. Entrepreneurs that are successful, they have this weird obsession with wanting to change the world. They feel like them as an individual can change the world. That's why I think those two factors. Bro, I love what you're talking the, about because I'm like, that's what no, I serious. think every single and day. And those two factors is what make entrepreneurs weird. But I believe that entrepreneurs are going, they are the foundation of our current economy. Bro, they're the ones that change stuff, not even politicians. Where right. Like it's entrepreneurs because they own the stuff. You right. Know? They provide the jobs. Exactly. You know, they, they provide they the culture the, to the, the company. The most taxes. Right. Yeah. Like, and so for me, that's why I believe, although we could be weird we it's a good weird it's a good weird <laughs> yeah right because we have good intentions yeah but successful entrepreneurs right because there are a lot of on, other entrepreneurs there's a lot right? of like there's a lot of entrepreneurs that think every time you open up a new instagram account that you own a new business no you don't need to have 25 instagram accounts you know what i'm saying like i'm talking about successful entrepreneurs it, right. There's a lot of people that play the the business entrepreneurship game. Yeah, that they think that yeah. They oh dude, don't they even, play this. Don't even get me started. On that, <laughs> Let's bro. get it started. I want to talk my about. Uh, my my brother he owns a a really successful business and he calls it real versus reels. Real real versus reels like Instagram reels. Oh yeah. He was like saying that there's people who do it for real. And there's do there's people who do it for the reels. For the, that's a good one. The views, the likes, the comments. But right? there, honestly, there's a lot of uh, no, like there people are. like that out because there. Because you'll you'll see some people that are editing their videos and making them sound all cool and putting up the captions, but then you go look up you their go, lives are miserable. They're miserable. full of crap. Miserable. They haven't created anything. Exactly. And and so that's why for me, and, and I'm actually I've never talked about this on a podcast before. For me, I think Instagram, I, th I think Instagram is a really good tool, but I think it, it could also be... Bro, it has destroyed this young generation Exactly, because, sure. because advice, how you take advice and who you take advice from, like the source, can either push you up 10 years or knock you back 10 years. I agree. Right, because if you're getting advice from someone, like, for example, if I were to hire, since you're into fitness, if I were to hire a personal trainer, but their physique... Like maybe wasn't the physique that I was looking for. Why would I hire that person? I, I agree a hundred percent. Like if they don't have the results that you want to have, why would you even associate with results? Them? Right. Yeah. Results is everything. And, and yeah. I, I feel like when I worked at Vivint, they had this saying, saying, uh, even a parrot can talk. Yeah. You posted about this, yeah. like this week or something. Yeah. And that's what social media has allowed people to do. Yeah. Bro, you have freaking OnlyFans girls talking about, like, they're giving you advice about life and right. all these stuff. Right. Like, it doesn't make and again, like, OnlyFans is fine. Like, do your thing, right? Like, but like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, all these exactly. porn stars but, talking to you about, but, like, how to live life. Like, but bro, what are you talking my about? My thing is stay in your lane. Yeah. Got to stay in your lane, yeah. right? And and this is the reason why. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not knocking any hustles, right? Like, I'm an advocate of doing what you want to do. Yeah, that's true. Right? However, when you start to wander off into... In, away from your lane and into other people's lanes and you're not an expert in that lane and you try to help people that are in that lane now you're doing them a disservice yeah right and if you're charging for that service now you're a fraud you're a scammer there's too much information out that there, there is yeah there is and so so for me and you could probably relate growing up 
as an athlete, everything that I wanted to do, I wanted to be the best at. Yeah. But have you ever wondered why do you want to be the best? For me, it's because I, I have role models. It's the people that I look up to. I want to be like them and create the same impact that they've created. Right, right. And so most people don't have an answer for that. I didn't have an answer for that for the longest time. For me, it was like, I want to be the best, like when I was doing door to door, I want to be the best sales rep. But then someone was like, why? I'm like, oh, shit, I don't really know. Right? Like, <laughs> I want to be money? the, I want to be the, yeah, it's always to make money. Yeah. But like for me, then I had to ask, ask myself, I was like, well, is that a good enough reason? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You need a purpose. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I finally come up with the answer of why I want to be the best. And the answer is, I want to be the best because that allows me to have credibility yeah. and allows me to be qualified to help others. Yeah. And if you're, if I'm, I, I may be the best in this industry, the X industry, but if I go and try to be the best in another industry and I'm not, and I'm trying to help people, am I in the position to be fully helping those people? But dude, he's, I mean, you said he's not like bashing people or whatever, but he's like, it's a real thing. You have like in so in the Instagram, you have like coaches that they sell courses on how to coach people and their business is coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the hell have you built? Like, yeah. where's your product? Where's your culture? Where's your team? Yeah. Like, where's your office? That's true. Where's like, your where, results? Where's the thing? Yeah. So how are you going to teach me how to coach somebody when your business is made of coaching? Like, see, it doesn't make any sense. See, but because you're an entrepreneur, you can see it from that perspective. Yeah, but a lot of these young kids, are like, I want to make money. I want to jump in. They go to social media and you have, because you have so much information, right. they get with the wrong mentors or the wrong That's coaches. What I'm or the same. Yeah. It's because those young kids, the people that are getting access to all this information, they don't see it from the perspective we see it at. Because, right, you and I would ask those questions. Hey, if you're wanting to coach me in this, let me see some results. Now, what have you done? But right. I think it's common sense. You have it's to not. be like really... It's not. Well, is it common sense for me? It, but it I'm like, is. You have to be really dumb. You would, like... you would think so, right? But like, I personally know a guy. Um, he's one of my competitors. And he pitches a credit repair program. Like the same thing that you do? Yeah. He's one of my competitors. Okay. And I met him in person and I told him, here's my credit score. Can you show me yours? He refused to show me his credit score. Refused. I said, bro, I'm showing you mine. And to me, what that shows is if you're not confident in your credit score, why are you selling credit repair? Right? Or if you're not physically in shape, why are you trying to be an online personal trainer? Bro, I go to the gym and I see like the, the coaches and stuff and they're all out of shape. And I'm but like, that, how does that, that, that make That's sense? what I'm saying is those people aren't going to properly serve others. Because if they can't apply it in their lives, how are they going to have somebody else apply it in theirs? No, I, I agree. I feel like you're speaking facts and they scam a lot of people for money and stuff like that. And, and they it, never deliver and real it, results. And it ruins it for yeah. the rest of the entrepreneurs that are actually doing things right. That is true. Right. And so I have a, I have a, I can talk hours about that because there are a lot of people that I, I feel like in your space, it, it's a lot with like e-com and stuff oh, yeah. like it's, that. It's, like it's, it's a huge, huge, yeah, it's huge. And, and again, like there's such a negative comment connotation when it comes to e-commerce or because there's like a scam when, or when someone says the word amazon fba yeah right but like the reason why is because there are people who took a good business model or a good idea twisted it made it about money and ruined it they for didn't the have the results they promised right. things they couldn't deliver and they, yeah. right and so yeah dude it's there there's a lot of things that just everyone remember real versus reels yeah that's a quote from my brother
I like it, dude. That's sick. I have a question for you because what we were talking before with uh, why most people, they never get started and everything because of like the negativity. What would you say to like a, let's say like a 16, 18 year old kid that has an idea, feels like he's not as everybody else, but he just doesn't have the balls to actually do it because of like what my mom is saying, what my daddy's saying, what my brothers, what would you say to them? What would be like an advice for you to them? Try to get it started. Um, so if they if they were if they if they didn't have the balls because of what other people were saying, that's one thing. If they didn't have the balls because they were scared that it was too big of a risk, that's another thing. Okay. Okay. Explain that. So, like for example, if we're talking about a sixteen or a seventeen year old, right? And clearly, those age groups don't really have access to a lot of money. Yeah. To start some. Okay. So that's the risk, right? Is there the money that they do have in this example? Hypothetically, they would be spending all their money in starting up this new idea that they have. Okay. Okay. Whether it be five hundred bucks, whether it be five thousand bucks, whatever. Okay. That's the first thing that most people that would stop most people from jumping into an idea. Just the risk financially. Lack of resources. Lack of resources. Okay. 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 And then the second thing, like you mentioned, the negative comments and the people that are saying, "No, don't do that. Go do this." Those are the two things that typically. And my, from my experience, what I've seen stop people from going after their dreams. Um, number one, I would tell people, I would tell that person or that kid, I mean, it's simple. Don't listen to the outside. Because the, the way the world is now versus the way the world was when our parents were our age, it's completely different. Yeah. There are more millionaires being made in our generation than there were in their generation. And you have way more resources in how to get exactly. there. Yeah. Exactly. And back then, you could get away with being a hustler. Yeah. You could, back then, it was about who could dig, dig the biggest, deepest hole. If you could work the hardest, you're going to get paid. Nowadays, it's not about that. Yeah. Working hard is one thing, but it's your network. It's your ability to make decisions quickly it's your ability to hire the right people or the right team the, the your ability to, to to build a culture how organized are you the mental skills you're developing back then it wasn't like that so i would tell them before you take advice from someone maybe take advice from someone in this generation that's actually doing it versus taking advice from someone in the older generation and the reason why i say that is because my dad for example he still believes to this day that I should go and work at a nine-to-five job. Really? Yes. Even with the results you got? Yeah, but it's just the way that his, the way, the where he comes from, that's just, he's so old school that that's just what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I agree. My dad always tells me. That's what I'm saying. Go to school if you're not, if not, you're never going to be anything. That's what I'm saying. And so, but again, you can't really blame them or say that they're done. Because that's what they know. Because that's, exactly. Yeah. That, in their times, that's what worked. Nowadays, like I can look up on YouTube what exactly a professor is teaching in every subject in school. Yeah. For free. Rather than paying twenty thousand dollars for your tuition. You know what I'm saying? Like you can learn from like I would rather pay you twenty five thousand dollars instead of like exactly. giving to school because I would get more value exactly. that I can actually apply. Right. And so in know? this example of a sixteen or seventeen year old kid looking to get an answer on whether or not he should chase his dreams or not, I would tell him first Times back then are not like times like now. So if your parents yeah. are telling you don't do it, reevaluate the times. And number two, as far as not having enough capital or resources to jump into it, my answer would be, 
a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, they frown or talk down on working a nine to five job. Like it's a good vehicle. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Dude, I've worked every nine to five job. I've I worked agree. every commission based job. Yeah. I would recommend someone who's 16 or 17 years old, go get a job. Go get a job, whatever extra money you have, throw it into this idea of yours. Go all in. You know what I'm saying? That would be my recommendation. I would, you'll never catch me talking down on people who work a nine to five because, it, like you said, it's a good vehicle. Yeah. It teaches you not only how to work, but it teaches you how to look at things from an employee perspective. I agree. For, for me, being an employee my, like my whole life, all the way up until I started to do sales, like, it taught me how to look at things not only as an employee, but as a business owner. Because you're not born with all the skills like sales skills and stuff like that. You need a way, like experience on how to develop them. Bro, sales. If you don't jump into a system on how to develop the skills, like how you're going to start a business if you don't have the skills. Exactly. You need a vehicle to acquire the skills. 100%. 100%. And you hit that right on. And sales for me was never a thing that I thought I would get into. I feel like I don't see sales. There's a lot of people that are like, ah, sales is not for me. I'm like, bro, sales is a lifestyle. You're selling yourself to girls, to dudes, to your friends. Exactly. To get everything. Like everything everything is, is depending on how you do it. Yeah. You know? And for me, being an athlete, I never thought that I would get into a job. Like as an athlete, you're selling yourself to the coach. Yeah, you just see, but I never, I never thought that. I never thought that way. Sales to me was, I was terrified to do sales. Dude, b- believe it or not. Like, so I have a speech impediment. I was, oh, really? Yeah. I have, a, I have a horrible stuttering problem. Like I stutter like crazy, dude. And like, if you rewatch, you can't this, even tell it. If right you now, rewatch right? this, you'll be able to tell. Um, but it's typically when I get nervous. Yeah. Um, I've learned over the years how to. But do I make you nervous? No, you don't. Make <laughs> <nervous>. <laughs> uh, actually, a little bit. Just no. Little um, but uh, I've learned over the years the words and the sounds that I have a hard time with. Yeah. And so, as I'm talking, if I can anticipate that sound or those words coming up, I'll hurry up and replace it with the word that I can say. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, so it's a lot of thinking. But anyways, my point is, is because of the problem that I had ever since I was a kid, sales was never, like uh, an occupation where my main tool is my voice, I would, I would never think to, I would never think that I would be pursuing. Bro, I can relate. I got into public speaking and English is not my first language. Yeah, like I had no, to serious. force myself to like actually yeah. open my mouth and make people understand me because in the beginning I would get like freaked out when I yeah. would meet somebody new. You know how it is. Yeah, it would scare the crap out of me, but I put myself in those scenarios so I can force myself to get better. And that's what it's about. You know. Right? Um I think I I talked about this at the event. Um Tony Robbins calls it the threshold of control. Yeah forcing yourself into uncomfortable situations like i feel like that's the only way to actually develop the skills because you're not born with those stuff you know yeah at least not me i don't know about you but and i think that's what and that's that's a huge thing that i don't want to just brush over what you said is huge is forcing yourself to do something like that i believe that when you want to get to the next level you have to rid yourself you gotta what you gotta rid yourself of, like force yourself together, kind of thing. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta unbecome the person. Oh, that you, okay, okay. Sorry. You gotta unbecome the person the that you. Here. <laughs> no, you're good. So, and what I always say is, when you want to get to the next level, your the next level requires your old self. 
Okay. You, you have to rid yourself of your old self. Okay. And what I mean by that is you have to unbecome the person that you are in order to become the person that you're supposed to be. I like it. And, and I really do believe that. And I feel like the only way that you can do that is by putting yourself in a place of uncertainty, a place that you think you're not worthy to be in. Okay. Somebody, one of one of my mentors. He's speaking facts right now. So, so one of my mentors, he taught me that the most most the most common attribute that all successful people have is their ability to operate in chaos. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why is because operating in chaos. If you can stand firm in chaos, stand firm. (laughs) If you can stand firm in chaos and stress and frustration. And get past it. Yeah. You've now just unbecome your old self and became your new self. Ed Milet says that on the other side of opposition, you'll find your new self. And dude, not just that, but like if you can keep getting better on tough times, imagine how much you can do in good times. And that's why I always preach about these. And even like with the people I talk to in my social media and everything, I'm like, bro, make your life harder. Yeah. And people are like, why would I make one? Bro, because life is already hard. Yeah. And if you can thrive in hell, in pain, in opposition, you're going to be unbeatable. Yeah. That's why like, I love pain. I do a lot of extreme stuff physically so I can develop the mental skills. So when it's tough, and if you're competing against me, I'm like, bro, my tolerance for pain and being uncomfortable it's it's just like I'm just gonna push through because that's where I thrive. I've yeah. trained myself in yeah. those scenarios. I force myself to push through right. when I don't want to. See, but like what you're saying is what I've learned is the most common trait in all successful people. Like that's right, and and everyone I feel like. But again, it's like common sense at this. I don't know for what some people, <laughs> yeah. but when they hear you explain it like that, it's like yeah, I feel the same way. But if you break it down psychologically, okay, I and. I always say that when you set a goal, goals aren't always meant to be obtained or achieved. They shouldn't. Right? Goals are meant for you to put yourself in an, in a place of uncertainty yeah. so that you can experience it, experience something that demands more than what you think you're worth. <clears throat> okay? Because I, I believe if you think you're worth $100,000, you'll always get your standard. You'll always get $100,000. Even if you hit big and you make maybe $200,000, if your standard's $100,000, because of the habits that you have, you will then come back to $100,000, okay? In order for you to go to the next level, you have to put your place, you have to put yourself in a place that demands more. Like raise your standards at the end of the day. You have to raise your standards, but you, so like for me, before, like if I wanted to go out and make a million dollars, yeah. People who make a million dollars, they're playing on a different playing field yeah. than people who make six figures. Yeah. Because with six figures, you can go out and make six figures purely off of work ethic. When we're talking about seven or eight or nine figures, you cannot hit those numbers. I mean, maybe you can with like low seven figures, but you it's very very difficult to hit those numbers based off of work ethic. You have to start knowing the right people you have to have more resources you have to start thinking a little bit different you have to make decisions a lot faster it becomes less about work ethic and more about decisions right and so for me i always say you get what your standards are 
Okay, and so for me, well, repeat that again. That's a good. One. You have you always get what your standards. I are. love that, dude. And for me, it's always about how do I raise my standards. And the answer is, if you want to raise your standards, you need to put yourself in a position that demands more of you than what you think you're worth. Does that make sense? So, yeah. for example, that, that's a powerful. Statement. I've sat in rooms <clears throat> where I had no business being in those rooms. I mean, I had I had people talking about, hey, guys, should we go out and uh, rent the blue yacht or should I just take my red yacht? I'm like, wow, what crazy problems these guys have. But I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I think the red one. Dude. <laughs> right. Because I'm I'm in an uncomfortable room. dude. I'm, yeah. I'm in rooms about with with people talking about jets. I'm in rooms with people talking about, hey, should we Are go to buy a jet? Though, I would love to. That's sick. Um. I'm in rooms about people talking about, hey, let's take our whole family on a vacation and, and the budget's going to be 200K. You're like, I want to have those problems, dude. Right. And, yeah. and for me, I'm like sitting there looking cool. Like, yeah, dude, I do that all the time. But really, I don't. Yeah. Right. And so for me, being in those types of rooms, I'm putting myself in a, in a, in a, a place that demands more of me than what I actually think I'm worth. You know what? I love that you you mentioned in the beginning that you get to that point with decision skills and everything. But the first step is work ethic. Because if you're if you don't become a valuable person, you will never have the permission to get into those rooms. Right. You got to make something out of yourself. It's right. not like, oh, just surround yourself with like millionaires and you're gonna be, like, dude, you got to become valuable. Like, why would we have you around? Yeah. Like, what have you done in order to be here? Yeah. Like, what you got to earn true. it. You know. Yep. They always say the universe pays you what it thinks you're worth. Yeah. Do you believe in like energy and universal and stuff? I don't. You don't? I, I don't really? really. However, I... Okay, let me let, let me back up. I'm pretty sure you do, bro. You talked about money. I wanted to talk about because I feel like the same way. Like I, I believe that the... I don't know. Some people call it universe. Some people call it God. I feel like it's some, the same thing. I yeah. feel like God has created... He created the universe... And he's also created laws yeah. to like systems to the universe and us to to be in and, and everything that influences like the law of attraction, visualization, yeah, yeah. Okay. manifestation. Yeah. I, I agree with but that. But it comes from God. Like it's not I, that I agree it's with just that. its own thing. But you know? Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. So I do believe that based off of the value that you could provide to the world will determine what the world pays you. Like for example, you said about money. If you have a an, if I say money and it brings you a bad feeling, you will keep attracting that. Right. So you got to change your mentality. Be like, money, dude, money's easy to get. It's not hard to get. Yeah. Save, because if you start saving, you're telling God in the universe, dude, money's hard to get. That's why I have to save it. That's true. Therefore, you're going to keep attracting more. So I That's think true. it's like, I think it's a spiritual thing. Yeah, I do too. You know, like yeah, it's all energy, vibration. For yeah. I don't know. I lo Do you visualize and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. How do you do it? Because I'm really into it. I think it's, it's changed my life and how I view things and everything. So, when define visualize, um, like I I already know the car I want to drive, the lifestyle yeah. I want to have, my family. So manifestation. Yeah, that's like I vision, like I that, see, I have to see it first before it turns into reality. That's everything to me. And you're right. They say if you want to seize it, you have to see it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you can see can be built. Like I truly believe that we're like magnets. Yeah. And you attract that no, either positive no, thing or negative things. Hundred percent agree. And. I've seen it. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a testament of it. Like, like I, I'm visualizing that you're gonna give me your truck, and I know it's there. It's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. No, seriously though. But like, when, uh, like, I'm as you know, I'm a big advocate in creating dream boards and vision boards. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate in that. Same. Um, and my, me and my family, we do that every year for New Year's. 
We create. We create, oh, so it came from a family thing. We create vision boards. Yeah. Okay. And um, it came from your mom or from who? No, no, no. I'm talking about like my married family, like me and my wife. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. But it started with you. Yeah. Okay. We create vision boards. Yeah. Um, but then we also create reality boards, and I feel like this is the key. And a lot of people they don't they they overlook this part. Okay. And and I always use the example of a GPS of a GPS. Yeah. Right. You you've heard me say this. Yeah, I've heard you say. Right. It's like if you were to type in a destination, but then turn off your location on your phone, your GPS won't function. It doesn't work, right? And so that's kind of the reason why we've come up with the, the vision board and the reality board, right? Is in order for you to have an idea of where you're, go- where you're going, you have to be super, super clear on where it is that you're currently at. But you don't stay there though, right? No. You, at the end of the day, you got to know where you're going to start. Like for example, right. if you're dead broke, you're like, I want to be like, I want to make six figures all, but I'm broke. And if you stay in the broke, you're never going to. Exactly. Get so that's the purpose of the vision board and the reality board. Okay. Is you need to have that hard conversation with yourself at times. I agree. And let, so like, for example, every year, my reality board consists of the same thing, just different numbers. Right. So it's a screenshot of my bank account. It's, it's a, it's a, a picture of what house we live in, what kind of cars we're driving. Right. Like what vacations I've taken my family on. Right. That's what my reality board looks like. And then my vision board is what kind of house do I want to live in? What house do I want? I mean, what car do I want to drive? What type of vacation do we want to go on? And they always get bigger and bigger. Right. But the purpose of that is now you have a clear idea of where you're at. Yeah. You have a clear idea of where you want to go. Now it's not about this. It's not a question about, OK, how do I make this happen? It's just about, OK, what's the next step? How do I bridge the gap between the vision board and the reality board? Yeah. And I believe that comes from manifestation because you talk about you have a clear idea about the type of car you want to drive and the type of house you want to live in. So do I. And I have that down detailed into like Bro, the color I like, of my walls. Like every morning I visualize it like every yeah. single day, night, like it's so ingrained in me. And this is the cool thing is that like I've learned about this, that your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. So the thing that I've learned is that it's not your thoughts, but it's the how those thoughts make you feel. And if that's a positive or negative thing, that's what you attract. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a point that I'm like, yeah, I love my life and everything, but I know that I've just des- I deserve more. I've earned more. I expect more. Cause yeah. like it's so ingrained in me because I've like I put it in my brain so much and now my brain what it does is just filters through the information that I do like receive during the day just to align to the things that yeah, I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. And I just see that. Yeah. You know? No, that's and true. then my brain figures out ways on how to get there automatically. Yeah. Because it's ingrained here. That's true. And that's where the magic happens and the it creativity is. and all this stuff. Yeah. No, dude, I always say your imagination is your most powerful tool. Yeah. Right. And and I, an example of this, uh, my wife and I, um, like I mentioned earlier, we just barely we just barely finished building a house. Like fully custom. Where at? Over, um, over by the lake, over by Utah Lake. Utah Lake. Okay. Yeah, and um, and we just finished. We just barely finished the house. Are you gonna move in there? We're in there now. Oh, you're there now. Yeah, okay. and everything is fully custom. That's sick. And right. um, I remember going to the design center and meeting with the lady to help us like pick out the 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 backsplash and what our tiles supposed to look like in our hardwood and where we want carpet. How many outlets do we want inside the house and how far apart are they supposed to be? really specific. Everything. How many fans do we want? Like everything. Where, where where do we want the fireplace? Like we built it from scratch. And one thing about this design center is I started to see things that I never knew they even put inside of houses. Yeah. Right. And so 
like I said, whatever you can see, you can seize or you can seize whatever you can see. Right. The problem is, is a lot of those things I was I didn't even know existed. Right. And so that's why I feel going back to what we were talking about before, putting yourself in environments. Yeah. Exposing yourself to new things that you never knew existed will help you readjust what your vision board looks like. Okay, another example. One, the first time I ever flew on a private jet, it was like the. Dude, that's so sad. It was. I want to fly. Right it was well. I just <laughs> I we, so I rented it. It was not mine. No, but we, that's we, we just chartered like it. It was just something on my bucket list, and yeah. so I remember um, we. Ha- it was me and my wife, and then we had our 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 son. He was like maybe three months old. Yeah. And flying on a jet, like it was my first time ever doing that, but I had exposed myself to that. Okay. And so what the issue was when I flew commercial again, it was, you didn't go back. It was a horrible experience. Right. And so we went from being on a private jet and being able to lay down, walk around, go to a bathroom that, you know, my arms aren't touching the walls like it's huge like we have a person that's bringing us drinks and food and like it's it's just us yeah to sitting commercial and being told where to sit and like you can't move from here put your seatbelt on I, ex- I i shot myself in the foot because i exposed myself yeah. to what it, the feeling was of sitting and flying private yeah All right and so now everything that i do now is the decisions I'm making now are how can I get back to private? How can I fly a private jet again? How can I own my own one day? Right, but I never would have known the feeling if I didn't expose myself That's a, to that type of experience. <clears throat> right? It's just like buying a car. I buy cars all the time. Right? The experience you get in buying a car from a Lamborghini dealership versus the experience you get in not knocking any type of car. I've had every single type of car. The experience you get from buying a car from like the Bentley or Lamborghini dealership versus buying a car from like a Honda dealership, the the experience and the customer service, completely different, different, right? At Lamborghini, they serve you wine, mocktails, champagne, cocktails. That's what they bring you on a trade. (laughs) No, pretty much, dude. And then, you know, at... At Honda, you get like the Karen that's sitting in the front, like, oh, go sit down and wait your turn. Help yourself to the great value snacks. You know what I'm saying? And so it's the experience. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. go walking in, and I, I don't mean to sound like a douche or sound arrogant. Like, I'm just saying. But it's the, not, the, you were there before, bro. Like, you have a picture right. of Instagram, you're driving the Malibu. Like, right. you're, you're, no, yeah. Was, that's was my that first car. First car? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, that's what I'm saying is I've been both. Yeah. Um, and the importance of exposing yourself. To environments that you're not used to, I mean, it's, dude, it's astronomical in what it could do and how it could affect your life. Because once you, once you get the experience of a private jet, then you start thinking of decisions like a private jet. Yeah. Right? You start thinking of the Lamborghini decisions versus the Honda decisions. And that's what I'm saying. A six-figure earner is playing on a completely different field than a seven-figure earner. Yeah. Right there, these guys are are chasing one thing and different types of experiences, while another group is chasing mediocre, mediocrity, stuff like that. It's it's hard to explain, but it's completely different. Yeah. 
So. That's sick, dude. And, and bringing it back to like what we're talking about, like visualization and stuff. Like imagine this, like if God created us at his own image, what does that say about us? That if he's a creator, we, we're creators too. 100%. Like we can create whatever the freak we want. And, and that's what I feel like it's my purpose in life. Cause like, like, bro, I want to show cause like, I'm a freaking regular dude. I struggle as most people and probably more. Like I'm a, I'm a freaking, I'm a freaking immigrant. Yeah. Like 80,000 people, like in a farm, whatever, in like in Chile. And I've been here two years and I want to show people what's possible for them. Yeah. That regular dudes are the ones that actually make it. It's not like you were born like special kid right. or like your parents were different. God love. No, bro, that's full of crap. Yeah. Just regular dude. Yeah. And I really want to show kids that like that, that it's, it's possible right. for everybody. Right, right. You know, so... Dude, I've enjoyed this conversation a Me lot. too, brother. It's been really, really good. Is yeah. there anything else you want to finish and, and advice? I mean, you, you've you given a lot of value and advice. I'm, I'm really grateful for it. But anything else you want to finish too for these young kids that are listening to you? Just this, you know, everything that we've talked about, I think if I would want anybody to take anything away from this, it would be, if I were to sum any of this up, it would be to change your objective, Right? Whether it be monetary, mo I think monetary is not always the best objective to chase. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Okay. I mean, the start, like sometimes you got to start with something. sometimes, yeah. right? But it, it, it can't be long because it's not, it's not, not sustainable because okay. you're never going to make enough. Okay. You're always going to want to make more and more and more. And so my advice would be to become very, very clear on what your objective is. Because once you know what your objective is, it, char it, it starts to change your actions. Once you start to change your actions, then it'll start to change your results. And once it starts to change your results, it starts to change your emotions, how you look at the world, how you feel towards other people. And once you can change the way you feel towards <clears throat> other people, whether it be people who are giving you negative energy or positive energy, once you can control your emotions, I mean, that's all you become powerful. Okay. And so my, my advice would be to one, change your objective. Number two, this can piggyback on number one is time, like we talked about. Yeah, and, that's a powerful one. And, and if I, I've always talked about time and how time is the most ultimate and precious commodity that one could obtain. Yeah. But I've never learned it. And it's, I've never been so sure of it than now. Right. Because one thing, and, and, and I've learned this from a book, one thing that I do know is that if I attack everything, as if I have one more opportunity, I, I'm gonna attack it differently. If I if I go to the gym tonight, like it's my last opportunity to work out, I'm gonna get the best workout in. If I take a sales call, like it's the last sales call that I'll be able to ever take, it's gonna be, I'm gonna close them, right? If I go over to my mom's house, like it's the last conversation I'm ever going to have with her. The conversation is going to look a little bit different. Right? I'm going to tell her things that I probably should have told her way long ago. Right? And so that principle can be applied to anything in life. Is if you can attack things like you have one more opportunity. Then once you really do have one more opportunity. You're going to be able to seize that moment and not yeah. lose it. Right. And so that, those would be my two words of advice is change your objective, change what you're passionate about and know exact, become super clear on what it is that you want in life. Is it time? Is it money? Is it impact? Is it influence? 
Become super clear on what it is that you want. And number two, attack everything like it's your last one more because you'll never know when your last one more is. And if you're attacking everything like it's your last one more, you'll be very appreciative when you don't have another one more. So those would be my two words of advice, my two tips, I guess, in ending this. Bro, I feel like I feel like people go through phases and they get like new messages that to share with the world. And I truly feel like in, in this episode, like everything that you've talked in the beginning with time, people and everything, I feel like that that is like your new mo motto, like your, it new, is. your new message to share with the world. And I'm excited just to see it, how you're going to, oh, dude, like just the people you're going to influence with that specific message. So I'm going to put that out there in the world right now. Yeah. The way that I am now, just because of things that have happened recently, it's turned me into a whole nother. Like I, I can feel it, bro. It's crazy. And, um, it's, it's shown me things that I thought were important, but weren't really important. Yeah. And I promise you, like, I'm going to, people have, I'm just getting started. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to be a monster. Yeah. And this is, I guess this could be the third advice. And this is where, what I'm all about right now. Impress yourself. That's what it's about. Look yourself in the mirror and every day you go out, reinvent yourself. Like I went through where I was off of social media for like a month straight, which I've never done because that's my main string of income. I was off social media for a month, didn't work, didn't take one call, didn't text one person, which I've never done in my life. And I had the opportunity to to feel what it was like to reinvent yourself. Now, was it's, that recently? Yeah, it was yeah. like two months ago was yeah. when I took off. I, I went ghost. And it was the first time I ever did that, but it was so nice. I saw because you're always pausing in for like a long time. Yeah. And um, I had the opportunity to evaluate myself, self-assess self myself, kind of punch myself in the face for things that I wish I would have done differently. And now it's time for me to go out and impress myself now. So those would be the three things. Change your objective. Attack time. everything like it's your last, your last time, your last opportunity. And every day go out and reinvent yourself to impress yourself. Bro, I love it. I've, there's so much value in this episode. Thank you so much for Thank you for really having me, bro. It. And thank you for being honest, bro. Like, because it came from your heart. So I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. So anyway, guys, stay tuned for more and follow down because this episode was freaking sick. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, man. Yeah.